Jesus speaking. I have said this to you in figures. The hour is coming when I shall no longer speak to you in figures, but tell you plainly of the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from the Father. I came from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly, not in any figure. Now we know that you know all things and need none to question you. By this we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? The hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, every man to his home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said this to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. The newspapers this past week and the televisions have been filled with news about illness. The swine flu, some of the problems and fears that came with inoculation, the mysterious disease down here in Catanning where several women were overcome mysteriously. All of this on the wake of the Legionnaire disease in Philadelphia. Our newspapers have been inundated as well as our newscasts with words about illness. And I've led, felt led today to speak to you about the most lonely of all illness. The lonely illness that can come to anybody at any time, anywhere. The illness known as loneliness. It's an Ill illness that comes to the young and to the old, the rich and the pure. Presidents, kings, prime ministers, labor workers, college students. It comes to those who are in hospitals. It comes to you in your home, at work. It comes on the college campus. It comes even when you're in church. Loneliness can hit anybody at any time, anywhere. And it's the most lonely of all illnesses. I call it an illness because it does affect our mind and our bodies. It's a psychosomatic illness. It affects the way you eat and your sleeping patterns, the way you think and the way you act, and works its way out in all sorts of strange and spooky ramifications in what we say and in what we do. It's an illness, a severe illness, and it can drive us to all sorts of things never intended by God. I call it a lonely illness because I think for three reasons it's a very lonely thing to be lonely. It's lonely for the first 
evidence because uh, nobody really wants it. Poor loneliness. That's an illness or a disease nobody wants. It's not very prestigious. You get a broken leg or have a sore back and you'll find that people come to your assistance and help you out of a chair or down some steps. Have an operation, go into the hospital, you'll receive cards, uh, letters, flowers, telegrams, uh, candy. Tell people you're lonely and you'll get ignored. You ever notice how we try to stay away from lonely people? They're no fun. Other diseases are glamorous, and uh, you receive some attention. Nobody gets attention from loneliness. Consequently, we do everything in our power to get away from it. That's what makes it so lonely. Nobody wants it. You don't want it. I don't want it. That's why we do some of the things we do. One thing that we do to get rid of ever having it is by keeping busy. We throw ourselves into all sorts of work and activity because we think if we keep busy, we won't have to be ill with lonesomeness. So I see it at night, people getting off the bus up here. You know, nobody gets off a bus or comes home from school or work empty-handed anymore. We fill the attaché cases, bring all types of book bags, shopping bags, and they're all filled with work. Most of us take home at night work that two or three people could not accomplish in five days, but we take it home, usually never opening the briefcase, but we keep it there just in case we get lonely. First year from seminary, I took home a box filled with 37 books. Didn't finish any one of them, <laughs> but I was sure I wasn't going to be lonely. We do this. Other people get engaged in all types of fantastic physical activity. They go play tennis all hours of the day and night. They make more golf dates, join more bowling leagues. And they do this on the pretense it's for their health, yet I sometimes think it's only to keep from being lonely. Go to psychiatrists, we read books. We do all sorts of things just to keep that illness away from our door and nobody wants it nobody wants it that's why it's called the lonely illness poor loneliness nobody wants it another reason why I think it's it's the lonely illness is that we don't talk about it very easily oh yes yeah, some people do and what bores they are but most people find it very difficult to talk about loneliness. You ever notice that? When was the last time you read a book or even a magazine article on loneliness? To the best of my knowledge, I don't think I've ever preached a sermon on this topic. We, it's tough to talk about. As a matter of fact, in trying to make some sort of a survey, the only people that I find writing about loneliness today are those composers of contemporary cards that you find in drug stores and card shops. They talk about loneliness and always with some form of immoral implication. Do you ever notice that? And the other group are those who compose contemporary music. 
If you listen, and it's hard sometimes to designate the words, but you'll find that the three themes of music that young people are listening to today deal with love, usually the lack of it, death, and loneliness. We're beginning to break out of this shell. I saw a survey not too long ago that 48% of the elderly people in Canada who were interviewed listed loneliness, boredom, and rejection as being the basic cause of their problems. Psychiatry and clinical psychologists today claim that loneliness, yes, <laughs> I read this in study for today's preparation, that loneliness, they think, is the cause of many automobile accidents. Loneliness is the cause or the root and can be the problem for so many headaches, stomach aches, and lower back pains. I notice several people straightening up now in church. They don't want to be known as lonely. Now it's understandable why loneliness is lonely because so many people find it so difficult to talk about is because it, it's so hard to find the causes of loneliness let alone give a remedy or a cure and that's understandable because see loneliness is one of these problems that stems from all sorts and many different kinds of roots so you don't have that with other emotional sicknesses or problems yet grief Grief, you usually know where grief comes from. It comes either from death or from some type of separation. And people grieve, usually, and for no other reasons than having experienced a walk through the valley or some type of separation. Get guilt, you can always trace that. It goes back to some type of real or imaginary sin that someone has committed. And as a result, he is plagued with this problem of guilt. But loneliness, it can come from any sector, and usually does. And many of them are not wrong or evil sections from which this disease comes. Yes, some of us suffer loneliness simply because we've been slighted. A slight that can come merely when somebody ignores us, when we expect him or her to speak to us. Someone who can give us a ugly look and we wonder why. Loneliness can come when we feel slighted. We've worked hard for that promotion and that so-and-so got it. That brings loneliness. Loneliness comes when there's a homecoming dance and you don't have a date. Loneliness comes when there's a party on the block and you and your mate weren't invited. Loneliness can come when somebody treats you with the bitterness of silence. Loneliness comes not only when you're slighted, you see, but it can come when, when you're trying to take a stand for something that's good and right. Some of the most lonesome people in the world have been people who have been on the side of God trying to stand up for that which is perhaps unpopular but which is right. Loneliness can come when you are separated, not just through death, but when children go to college 
when the nest is emptying out, when, when people are temporarily separated one from another in the experiences of love. Loneliness can come when, when you are given, not by your own design, but by God's special gift, talents. Talents which, yes, you're thankful for, but sometimes which separate you from other untalented people. That's why poets and musicians and artists sometimes are not understood and are the most lonesome people that we have in our society, the creative class, simply because they've been given some special talent. Some people will find themselves lonesome when they secretly desire to want to be alone. They claim they want privacy. And they get it and they don't like it. Some people, because they're too darn self-sufficient. They're independent. They can do things for themselves, and because of it, they lock other people out. Because nobody likes somebody who doesn't need somebody else. And consequently, when you're strong and you're self-sufficient, you can be very, very lonesome because you haven't learned the secret of allowing somebody else to do something for you. See, these are all causes, all causes for lonesomeness. Oh, we all think we want some privacy. We all talk about how busy we are and the things that we have to do. I sometimes think, though, that that is given only as a, a way to escape this illness of lonesomeness. We talk about the paradise island, the place of quietness and being alone. Yet, you know, I really think if you and I had the opportunity where there were no more projects to complete, no more appointments to be made, no more friends to visit, no more books to read, no more television to watch, no more records to listen, we'd go start raving mad. We don't want that. That's another compounded problem as to the cause of loneliness. And that leads us into the third observation about this lonely illness. One, nobody wants it. Two, it's so difficult for anyone really to talk about it. And thirdly, that when you get it, you're the only one that can do anything about it. That's right. Don't look for outside help when you suffer loneliness. Doesn't help. I've tried to help many a lonely person in my day, but I find that unless they want to be helped, you're wasting your time and theirs. Because loneliness is something that you and you alone and the person who has the illness, only he can do something about it. And I hope I'm not sacrilegious nor discouraging when I say to you, even God can't help you. Even God can't help you in your loneliness. Not because he will not, but because he already has. <laughs> That's why. Jesus points this out to us when he was facing one of his most lonely moments in life. He says, the time is coming and now is when you will all be scattered. You'll all go to your own home and you'll leave me alone. But, he says, I am not alone, for my Father is with me. And what our Christian faith does for us is that it allows us to know that even in our loneliness, we are not alone. 
that God is with us and by the power of his Holy Spirit. He is with us. Jesus knew this. Jesus said he would not pray for God to help him in his loneliness. He didn't have to. God already had helped him in his loneliness. When he reviewed the facts, when God said through others, I will neither leave you nor forsake you. When father and mother forsake you, I will take you up. Jesus told us this idea when he said, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the world. God can't help you in your loneliness. He already has. And paradoxically, and it sounds very strange, when you are lonely, the thing to do is not to get upset at that loneliness. But in that loneliness, remember that you are not alone. That God is with you. And instead of trying to reach out and say that loneliness is not there, have the courage to turn even more inwardly. Have the courage and the strength to be willing to face even more pain that comes with loneliness. And realize that you, with the help of God who never leaves you alone, is in the process of beginning and bringing from that loneliness a new, a creative, an original, a thrilling experience. That though it's painful, just like childbirth, there is being born that very moment in the pain of your loneliness a new expression, a new joy, a new beginning. That's what Jesus did at the end of the 16th chapter. He's alone. In loneliness, only God is with him. But he uses that and with the help of God brings from it the unique experience of crucifixion from which salvation has been born. And out of that loneliness came something new and beautiful and creative and real and helpful so that even those of us living 2,000 years later have gotten fruit garnered from the root of Jesus' loneliness. So folks, when you are in it, and some of you are in it today, as I say, it can happen to you instantaneously. It can happen in church. There'll be many in the 50,000 at Three Rivers Stadium this afternoon who in that great crowd will be very lonely. Just pause and stop and realize that though you are lonely, you are not alone. God, by the power of his Spirit, is with you. Turn not outward, but even further inward. And realize that God, through you, is bringing forth a new creation. Realize that loneliness is not an enemy, but is there for a friend. Welcome him. Don't treat him as a lonely stranger. Welcome him into your midst, realizing that together with God's help, you shall bring through that loneliness a new creation of joy, of expression, and happiness. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Father, we're strange people. The very things that can help us, we try to get away from. The very things that we want sometimes are the worst things that we can get. And when we're being bombarded with all sorts of philosophies, it's hard for us to be still and lonely so that we can learn anew the eternal truths. But Father, we thank you for helping us today, for speaking to us, and help us in our loneliness to realize that we are at the threshold of perhaps one of the greatest moments of our lives. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who knew what it was to be lonely, may the love of God and may the power of his Holy Spirit be and abide with us all now and forevermore. Amen.